The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. What was the name of the person who first called you for customer service? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That I can answer. His name was Butters. Butters called customer service first? Have I answered all your questions in a satisfying and courteous manner? Come on, we're going to Butters' house. Hello? My friend? My friend, I believe we're having some technical issues with our phone line. Please hang on. I'm going to call customer service. Hello, customer service. This is Steve. Hello, this is Steve with customer service. Uh, no, 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 my friend. I am Steve with customer service. Listen, my friend. This is going to be very hard to comprehend, but none of what you are seeing is real. Oh, no, 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 no. My friend, my friend, my friend. A customer who is in virtual reality called customer service, and it has created a customer feedback loop, okay? Here in India, we call it a customer feedback window loop. Oh, fuck you. No, 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 no. Do not fuck me, because I am you, and then we will just be fucking ourselves. Now, have I provided answers to your questions in a courteous and prompt fashion? What do you mean, have you answered all my questions? No, you have not answered any questions at all. No, 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 listen, listen. If I didn't answer your questions, then we have given bad customer service. But you didn't answer any of my questions. Well, what is more important, my friend, the result or good customer service? Welcome to another episode of HTM Tech, brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network, also in association with Microplay, located in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. We can be found on Facebook and Twitter by searching at the HTM Tech Pod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcasters out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe, and, and I'm Money Mike. Mike is back after a brief hiatus here. Uh, before we kind of get into things, what have you been up to uh, just uh, in the last little while? I know you've been very, very busy. That's why you've been uh, absent. Yeah, I decided to give myself a, a mid-exam studying uh, episode break here. So probably going to go back on a short hiatus after this one. Booked. Uh, I've been doing two major exams for, for work, and it's been it's been quite nice. the slog. These these are some dense, dry, boring motherfuckers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. it, now I kind of know why I had to step back, and yeah. thankfully I did. Otherwise, I'd never get anything done. And even now, I was I thought I was going to be more prepared for this episode. So we're I think we're just going to kind of wing it a little bit more yeah. this time around, and uh, and keep it keep it relaxed. But yeah, just uh, studying lots, still working the two jobs, and and really looking forward to the end of March when I have my final exam. And I can get back to some normalcy. So, how you been, Joe? Like, what's new with you? Oh, it's been pretty good, man. Uh, the weather, because as a little spoiler for those who may have forgotten or not aware, we do live in Canada. The weather's kind of gotten a little shitty here, uh, kind of in the February leading into March. I think we're uh, paying the price for the nice weather we've had in December and January. So, we're getting a late winter here, and uh, I'm not digging it, man. Not digging it. I had a feeling it was going to be a late one, and I was actually out last night driving home from a friend's house, and it was probably one of the worst storms ever. It was it was brutal. And, of course, uh, here where I live in London, Ontario, I think I was told by my driving instructor back when I was 16 that statistically we have the worst drivers in Canada per capita, nice. and I would I would, I would have to agree. Like, we, we turn signals are, are voluntary here, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, 
even though you don't have snow tires, why why not speed speed down the roads uh, like a demon, right? It's Man. common sense ain't so common, Joe. Let, let's put it that way. That's impressive that that they claim that that is has the worst driving around because keep in mind, I lived in Toronto, right in between Brampton and Markham. Um, so right in between Middle Eastern people and Asian people. So uh, I could make a very strong argument that where I was living at before has some of the worst drivers around, at least in this uh, country that we call Canada. And if you were to make a quote-unquote stereotype, I think the subjects of those stereotypes would wholeheartedly agree with you, too, because I've actually heard them say it. That's the funny part of the whole thing, man. So as you heard in the beginning of our episode, we always do a little fun with some South Park, and we we got caught in the the customer service loop with Steve with the Oculus customer service uh, to the point where he actually got in a loop with himself and the customer service guy, and basically just to get out of the the trap, the loop, he just had to basically admit that he provided good customer service, even though really didn't at all. It was just kind of just talking <laughs> about nothing. <laughs> oh, just absurd. I love classic, South Park, man. I love South Park. So last, <clears throat> I was listening to your episode from last week, and I like how you, uh, we were talking about maybe personalizing it a little bit when we, yeah. like, instead of just jumping yeah. into things and talk about what we're up to. And, and so you mentioned that you're uh, playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, uh-huh. which I haven't played yet. I, I've, played the first one i have the second one rise of the tomb raider in yep. queue when my my never-ending queue of games i'll eventually get to mm-hmm. uh how's the how's the third one it, how's the third one in the series right now it, it, it's what it's what you expect and just more and bigger it's uh the the, the world has gotten bigger it, it, it's a little bit more kind of free-flowing it, it's very much like the tomb raider version of uncharted 4 uh, they kind of mm. open things up and uh, the story's still really good uh, if you're somebody like me and you get to play on a 4K television with a good sound system, it, it's quite the experience. It, it uh, looks very, very polished. The uh, the team over there at Crystal Dynamics they do a great job with this franchise. So, when you mentioned a comparison to Uncharted 4, how would you say is how would you say the story pacing is with, oh, with Shadow of the Tomb Raider? That's a tough one, man. Because I haven't played Uncharted 4, being an Xbox guy now. So that's a loaded question because I I didn't like Uncharted 4 at all. No, see, and I, I love right the first now, three games. I did not like that game at all. I love the first three games. Oh, they're great. Oh I yeah, yeah no, 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 I'm, I'm an Uncharted yeah. fan. Uncharted 4. Yeah was overly long really yeah. um didn't know when to quit like mm. I, I think it, it was kind of, it felt um like like uh like it was just ending five times when it and the relationship between nathan and his brother sam yeah didn't do annoying. it I, just the one the most annoying oh my god like mechanically a great game but then there was also so many instances where they artificially inflated it with these over long stealth sequences mm-hmm. and it just kept like it kept going yeah. and going. It just it didn't have that tight structure of like Uncharted Two or Uncharted Three. So and I, and I think that had a lot to do with Amy Hennig not being at the, at the helm, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's she got lost in limbo with that Star Wars game that got canceled at EA. Now I think yeah. she's over at Skybound and Neil Druckmann. Yeah, he's he's a he's a talented guy, but you know I don't I don't think he he quite got what made Uncharted awesome to begin with. It, it, nothing wrong with the game. It, it's still. Yeah better than your worst game but it's just not it wasn't up to par for me for from an uncharted stance for sure what have you been playing lately when you have when you've had the time well like i mentioned <laughs> like i've got this never-ending queue and i'm and you know i'm also that cheap bastard who who mm. waits a long time to get games on the cheap right yeah. so i'm finally four years later playing doom 2016 oh, i've been to play it for a long time joe yeah. and i told you this i'm like this game is brutal 
awesome. Um, no. So if you haven't played, anybody hasn't played the reboot of Doom, man, this, the, the number one, the graphics are just insane. And that's for me playing on an OG PS4. Yeah. I haven't even experienced it like you did on an Xbox One X at 4K. Yeah. The frame rate's incredible. The graphics are awesome. The best thing I can say about this, though, is that it feels like it has a little bit of a, a Dark Souls vibe to it, where it just it starts That's about fair. halfway through yep. the game, just starts to kick your ass, especially once you go to hell and then mm. try to get out of hell. Oh my God, I'm near the end, and man, it, this game is so well executed that it keeps me wanting to come back for more, and I'm highly anticipating Doom Eternal coming out next month. When I first saw the trailers for that new Doom, I was just I was sitting there, and, and this legitimately doesn't happen all that often with some of these game reveals, but I was just literally sitting there just like, I think Drew might have been like running down the corner of my mouth. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like when this comes out, it was that that in Cyberpunk. I saw those two. I was just like, "Wow!" I was like, uh, "Yeah, but they're gonna be the walls can be getting hit hard coming near the end of the year." Well, to segue into some of this next gen stuff, because there's been a lot of news. Obviously, I've been gone for a few weeks yeah. now, so uh, I'm sure you must have been pleased by some of the Cyberpunk news that came out in the last week. Did you get? Did he get a chance to see what they said? <laughs> this is uh, news to me. So I, I'm uh, along with our listeners. I'm hearing this for the first time. What do you got? So this was in line. So what was it last? Uh, I think it was last Sunday or Monday. I told you about six in the morning. <clears throat> Phil Spencer had revealed the specs for the Xbox. Yeah. And let me just bring that up for a sec. So there was the one feature you talked about last week, or I think you may have mentioned it. No, no, no. You were talking about the specs, and they're at the end of the article. It talks about this, okay? So we'll go over the specs in a moment, but this was – I think this is fantastic. It's called Smart Delivery. So Mm. when they talked about the – all the official features of the new Xbox One Series X, they talked about this concept called Smart Delivery. I'm going to read it right from the the page here. It says, this technology empowers you to buy a game once and know that whether you're playing on an Xbox One or Xbox Series X, you are getting the right version of that game on whatever Xbox you're playing on. Mm. We're making the commitment to use Smart Delivery on all our exclusive – Xbox Game Studios titles, including Halo Infinite, ensuring that you only have to purchase a title once in order to play the best available version for whichever console you choose to play on. So the developers, CD Projekt Red, came out and said, Cyberpunk, you do not, they said, I'm not, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but you should not have to pay for Cyberpunk more than once. You're going to buy one version. Sweet. And you're going to get the Xbox Series X version for free when it's available. So, nice. boom. Excellent. Fantastic. I love this. Great move. Kind of in that same vein, too, when on iTunes, when they kind of made the transition, they started ushering in some 4K content. There was some concern if you had existing movies uh, with a 4K version where you're going to have to buy uh, another version if you wanted the 4K. No, you, you got the 4K version for free. So, again, Apple uh, kind of did the, uh, the same thing there. So props to them and props to Microsoft for doing this. It's a great move and uh, just more positive things that they're doing with this new generation coming up. I, I really like the, the approach that they've taken so far. It's been really good, Mike. I have to say, so too, like I told you, I'm excited about the next gen. I know there's been some issues over the last couple of weeks, a lot of fear around what's going on with Sony because mm. they've been very quiet. We yeah. we were expecting to have a reveal by now, yep. and February's over. Today's the February 29th as we're recording this. A leap year. Happy leap year, Joe. Yes, happy so, leap year. So uh, now, that's not to say that PS5 news isn't incoming, yeah. but but when like it's mm. it's and it's so it's starting to stoke all the conspiracy theories, right? Because obviously we know what's going on right now, and you've mentioned this a couple of times. Yeah. The coronavirus epidemic mm-hmm. is starting to rattle the tech world, right? So yeah. Sony 
has now pulled out of the GDC conference. They pulled out of PAX East. Yep. Obviously, we already knew they pulled out of E3. Nothing. All quiet on the Western front, or on the Eastern front, I should say. Like, there's yeah. there's no information come out PS5, whereas now Xbox is showing off the console. Yep. And now they've already released the specs. 12 teraflops, HDMI 2.1. It, what do you think, Joe? Is, is is Sony shaking in their boots? Is this strategic? What does your gut tell you here? Oh, there's so many possible things that could be going on here. They they could have they could be shaking in their boots, seeing the specs with this now and going, oh crap, maybe uh, we need to go back to the drawing board and fast, or maybe the stuff with the coronavirus and production of the actual hardware has hampered things, and who knows, man? It, it just it's. Um, they're obviously the, they're, they're feeling uh, the pressure that Microsoft is putting on them. I just hope that it'll, it'll drive them. And what I can see happening with the, the PS five, it might be jumping ahead a little bit here is I think that they could get very aggressive with the, the exclusive content and the price of the console. That will be what sells the PlayStation five. Yeah. I think for anybody hoping for, for this magic $400 number, I think, I think you're dreaming at this point. I, I was watching yeah. podcasts, what was it? Um, not podcast beyond. It was Game Scoop. Yeah, IGN, IGN. I watched that podcast a lot. I love Damon Hatfield. He's great. But they were talking about how it would be insane for Sony to release anything over four hundred dollars US. Hmm. And granted, I mean that's what I think the PS4 went for at launch. Yeah. We're talking seven years later. Yeah. And Colin Moriarty of of Sacred Symbols made a great point. You've got to adjust for inflation. Yeah. Realistically, my gut's telling me this is going to be a $500 US console, meaning about 600 Canadian for us. Yep. Still not quite in PS3 territory when it launched, but definitely not not a cheap console by any means, but these things are these things are going to be beefy. You got to justify this hardware. Joe, when you went over those those specs for the Xbox last week, 12 teraflops. Yeah. It's got the the ray tracing, it's got the solid state drive in it, it's got the the newest chips. This is on par with high-end PCs. We haven't seen that in a while in the console yep. arena. Yep, I mean, you have a taste of it with the console I have, the Xbox One X. They use solid state storage yeah. on that. I mean, and you notice the difference. Like, I can literally just turn the system off, come back after an eight-hour shift, turn the console on, and, and hop right back in. You know, the, the ability to do that is still a little mind-blowing to me. And like, it, like you had mentioned, the 12 teraflops, again, folks, what that means that that... that little and i mean little that little cpu in there can do 12 trillion computational operations per second the the idea of that is just absurd to me this is going to be a powerful system having said that they know they need the exclusive titles or anything to to sell that we know that that's going to be a little bit of issue coming out the gate for them so it's going to be it's like power versus content on the other side that's what it feels like we already know that they're not going to have okay so they're going to have obviously no actual Series X exclusive titles right. until 2021. I mean, all their games are going to be multi-generational. Halo yep. Infinite's going to run on that. It's going to run on the Xbox One X. going to run on the ex- original Xbox One. Yep. I like what they said that only so far Xbox Game Studio games are required to do this, meaning mm-hmm. that third-party developers can opt into it if they want to. Because mm-hmm. I expressed that as a concern a few weeks back saying, you know... If if all these de- smaller developers have to start developing multiple SKUs for the same game, that could really make it an yeah. arduous task for for development. So it's good to see that at least you know obviously 
Activision with with Infinity Ward and Treyarch, you know, putting out Call of Duty. Yeah, you can you can reasonably expect that they're going to have a large enough team to be able to handle all these multi generational ports. But uh, you know, at the at the other end, I think it's a great way to segue people into the next generation if these machines are going to cost an arm and a leg. We still don't know the pricing yet. And especially with what's going on with coronavirus, they've already said that uh, PlayStation 5s are 450, 450 US per unit cost right now. Yeah. The original PS4 was 380, and they sold that for 399. They took and they took a loss on that thing. I think they almost maybe broke even, took a bit of a loss. Yeah. So with this right now, if we're talking 450 US, 499 US seems pretty reasonable to me. I think if you're going any more above that you're starting to get back into that PS3 territory. And I don't think people have still healed from the shock of that yet. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the, the, the price, like I said, I think keep it reasonable. Uh, they'll sell that console just on the, on the content itself. People are going to want to buy the PlayStation 4, the exclusive games, The Last of Us, uh, Uncharted, if they want to go back there again, all their other exclusive content. I was going to say MLB The Show, but you know that might be changing too. So it, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the exclusive games are going to sell it on the PlayStation side, and whereas the uh, on the Xbox Series X, at least, it's going to be, you know, this is going to be the beefy console, and I'm going to flex my dick with the, this console. This is this is the, uh, it's going to be the show-off, I'm, I'm better than you kind of console almost. I think it's maybe a weird kind of way to word it, but it's going to be the, it's, the one you're going to want to show off, it's like, I got the Xbox Series X. It's more powerful than the other system. It, it, dude, it, it's like Genesis versus Super Nintendo again. Yeah, it could be. Or, But here's the th- interesting thing, though. Okay, I'm going to point you to an article. We talked about this briefly before we started recording, and this wasn't even meant to be a recording. We were just chatting and yeah. saying, hey, why don't we just press record Let's and do we'll just do something off the cuff. Yes. Like, yeah, typically, Joe, like I, I like to come in and prepare with a lot of articles. Yeah. and yeah, I, I just can't do that right now. But anyway... <laughs> There is an article, and I'll give credit to Review Tech USA because I was watching a video last night. So this is from Forbes, okay? Eric Kane, who is their big video game guy at Forbes.com. You can look this up for yourself. It's on February 19, 2020. The article is called Specs for Both the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X Have Leaked. Here's what they mean. Now, going back to a few episodes ago, we talked about the rumor mill and being very careful and taking things with a grain of salt. And Eric Kane even says, take what you hear with a grain of salt because this comes via... 4chan yeah. okay this information but if you if uh did you get a chance to get that article in front of you or do you want me to just read some of it here go ahead and read through it uh, i'm just i'm getting i'm just preparing i'm getting my bullshit filter just in case yeah. there is some there because I'm, I'm pretty good at yeah. spotting it a mile away here's what's really interesting okay yeah. so february 19th what day was that again that was that was a wednesday okay um, and then the Xbox information came out earlier this week. Okay, so a few days before the Xbox information officially comes out, we get some very detailed specs for both the PS5, apparently, and the Xbox Series X. When I look at these specs for Xbox Series X, what does it say here? 11.8 teraflops. Right there. 16. Okay, so it says AMD Zen 2, confirmed. 16 hmm. gigabyte GDDR6 plus 4 gigabyte GDDR4. Uh, solid state drive at 3.8 gigabytes per second with one terabyte. That might be a little small, maybe not, maybe just for develop. They're saying this is for developer kits, but 11.8 teraflops. That's dead on. That was accurate. This is a very, very accurate leak. And right next to it, mm-hmm. hold on to your hats. PS5, 12.6 teraflops. <laughs> right there. 
18 gigs of GDR6 memory, 4 gigs of DDR4, and only a 500 gig solid state drive, which again does not make any sense to me. What you'll be able to download the, what like yeah. one game on it, but the fact that they got these specs so close, this also makes sense to me, Joe, that these machines are going to be fairly fairly on par in terms of power because we know that Microsoft Xbox are working together, especially on cloud gaming. And even Phil Spencer said that I don't look at Sony and Nintendo's competition anymore, but as just yeah. other parts of a total ecosystem. My gut's telling me this might be real, mm. that these systems are going to be pretty much on par. Now, okay, fine. The PS5 might be point eight teraflops more. Yeah. But like you were saying, Joe... At the end of the day, power is power, but it's all going to come down to games. So True. in my mind, these these consoles are almost on an equal playing foot. I mean, playing level. So I, I think that's that's great either way you go. And and, I, and there's another fairly decent rumor that the PS5 might get revealed this week mm. via there was a guy I think it was on Game Informer or something. He kind of let it yeah. slip that he was going to be at a Sony conference this coming Tuesday, March third. So. Yeah. You know, it's uh, then they tried to retract that really quick. Regardless, we're 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 starving for PS5 news at this yes, point. Yeah. So just briefly on, on a on a tangent because uh, I actually just tried pulling up the site that you had linked me on here, and this brings up an issue. That this is totally unrelated to what we're talking about, Mike. Um, I tried to pull up this article uh, that you uh, linked me on with Forbes.com. And I'm currently on Chrome. I should be using Safari, but I'm using Chrome right now. And I have a pop-up here. I'm just going to read it verbatim just to, to kind of uh, vent here a little bit. Forbes, please help us continue to provide you with free quality journalism by turning <laughs> off your ad blocker on our site. So you have an option. I've turned off my ad blocker, fuck you, or sign in with Google, Facebook, or Twitter. Otherwise, this pop-up keeps popping up and doesn't allow me to look at the site. Fuck you, Forbes. Yeah. Fuck you. Making mosquito in your end. That's why they're they're part of the dinosaur media. That's God damn it. You to pay for entry. I just had to get just, that in there. It just boggles my mind. Any of these publications that are still requiring you to pay to read their articles. Like, I, there's so many more sites now. They're saying, "Oh, you had your ten free articles for the month, and and now you got to pony up." I mean, there's there's, there's just got to be a better way for you guys yep. to compete in that space. There's just too yep. many subscriptions out there. I'm not adding another one just for one yeah. news site. So I have um, to turn off my ad blocker. I have to lower my defenses down just to look at yeah, of course. Dot com. So again, that information, again, it's coming from fortune, but what's, like I said, it sticks out to me is that they nailed whoever this leaker is. And they said, this is based off of dev kits. This, they nailed the Xbox specs. So I I would say that this, this might be a a reality. I'm horrified that if that PlayStation five ends up looking like the dev kit, that's one ugly ass looking system. If that's the case. Oh my God, there's no way (laughs) that's terrible. That big V please don't. And it's so funny, too, some of the other horrible patents that have been... I don't know if you saw that. There's this one patent that they had developed a DualShock that can detect your heart rate and even detect your sweat secretions from your hands. (laughs) I don't don't, understand why. Uh, (laughs) Hey, we see you've been playing the game too long that your hands are sweating. You need to... We need to shut the game down. You get a little too stressed out. Or we need to turn... Well, think about it, because they also... I think they were talking about this whole built-in... AI thing for PlayStation, right? Where it's yeah. going to actually uh, suggest tips for you if you're having trouble with the yeah. game, right? What do you? What would you think of something like that? You know, you know like what? an actual virtual AI buddy that's there yeah. as like a, a built-in strategy guide if you want it. You know what? I think it's going to be more of looking at a, a back on a like an iOS and an Android kind of uh, 
uh, context here because we see it on both sides now to where it's this whole digital well-being thing that they're doing where you know, we see that your screen time has been like 20 something hours this week you need to you know you're doing too much and it breaks down exactly what we're doing this uh, this biometric stuff built in might be for that purpose you know we see that you know you've been playing for 10 hours hey maybe you want to take a break hey sony screw you i want to keep playing Oh, right. Maybe that. Maybe that's what it is. You know, I'm putting my tinfoil hat, my conspiracy hat, on top of it. But uh, yeah, you know. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, and it, honestly, I've even dealt with that with my 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 Android phone, where yeah. it, it's so nanny, it's so nannyish that yeah. sometimes if, if I've got my headphones on at the gym and I've got it at a certain volume, it will actually lower the volume on me. Yeah. And I'll raise it again. Yeah. It'll say, oh, 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 oh. You know, uh, loud levels can uh, impair hearing. Uh, it'll start lowering the yeah. volume again. Yeah, yeah. Just I like my music. Unbel- just get out of get out of my head, seriously. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, it's I've I'm telling you right now. Either Sony it, here, it could go either way, right? Because yep. we know Sony can get very arrogant. Okay, we saw that with the PS3. <laughs> Absolutely. They, 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 they ruled the sixth generation. The PS2 is the ultimate selling, con- the highest selling console of all time. They destroyed Xbox and GameCube in that generation. And then they arrogantly went to the seventh generation with an overpriced, hard to program for a console and nearly killed their brand. So yeah. now that the PS4 is clearly the market leader, it's actually catching up to the ps2 in terms of sales they've already passed the 100 million mark are they getting arrogant again or are they just using this hype and silence to their advantage they they really need to knock it out of the park with this advantage everything that they do um i I was looking back one thing i like to do uh, is go back and watch a lot of these kind of old apple events and stuff that steve jobs used to do And, and specifically one that i watched recently that really got a kind of reaction i'd like to kind of see from this kind of stuff when he revealed the very first macbook air and when he pulled it out of that 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 orange manila office envelope and pulled out this razor thin laptop the the whole audience just went like it was a collective gasp and oh my god and reaction like it's that's what we need to kind of see of this event because the microsoft's been killing it uh with what they've been doing so far with this next gen stuff playstation they they just they they really need to to knock it out of the park with this Uh, otherwise you know they might be the also ran in in this console generation we'll see and and think about it be what was it the uh the e3 when they announced the before right before ps4 launch the infamous price announcement right there were actually two things that happened during at e3 not only did they just blow the roof off the convention center when they announced that the ps4 was gonna be a hundred dollars cheaper than the xbox one but then they also threw a bit more salt in the wound (laughs) when uh the the the, adam boys i think it was and the other guy from sony uh did that little bit about exchanging ps4 just saying oh this is how you share PS4 discs with each other. You just literally just hand it over and pop it in. You don't need any yeah. DRM or anything, right? So yeah. they they clearly just destroyed that E3, yeah. and that's a, that's a big act to follow. So it, it would be nice for them to just come out with all guns blazing yep. or not and lose that market share. Who knows? But I, I think something's coming soon, but I'm, I'm done making predictions, especially with the coronavirus speed bump here i i I don't want to minimize anything by calling it a speed bump but that's the best term i can come up with so 
Well, we're going to get into that right now, but just briefly before yeah. that, uh, just given everything that's been kind of happening uh, with the the console stuff here, I, I could very well see this being a very, very competitive generation. I think uh, with our previous one, there was a bit of a gap at the beginning, and I think it's, it's kind of gotten somewhere uh, in a happy kind of medium there, but this one here... Uh, if PlayStation, like I said, if they can really knock it out of the park with this, uh, with the presentation, the hardware, and all the exclusives, it, we're going to see a lot of parity between these two consoles in this generation. And it's going to be a real... It, it could be back to like the, um, the, the the fanboy arguments of, no, this is better, no, this is better, no, this is better, no, this is better. It it's great, yeah. I love it. Fantastic, so, yeah. That's going to be great for everybody as a whole. Because yep. at the end of the day, Xbox had a lot of catching up to do, and I think they're doing a great job, yep. especially... Through some of those developer acquisitions, getting Obsidian was no small task. That, no. that, that was a huge deal. Yeah. Getting them and Team Ninja with with Hellblade too. I told you, I'm jealous of that one. Yeah. Well, partially, I mean, because I can play it. <laughs> you can play it on PC as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be on PS5. And Hellblade One's a fantastic game. So, yeah. Xbox is really starting to get those 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 IP that they really need to compete. We already know Sony's got them, but even then, now, like you said, Sony's letting MLB the show go. And now yep. there's a rumor that may end up being true that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to go to PC. Mm. I think I make that may be true. It may already happen, but they're already starting to kind of loosen yeah. the grip on some of their major IPs as well. So we're in for a very interesting generation. And I, and I think this is on purpose. We already know that Sony and Microsoft are working very closely together because why? Because of all the new competitors in the ring that are threatening them right now. We've got the Amazons, the Googles, the whole cloud streaming wars that are going to be a really big thing in the next few years. I yep. think it's still a little early, as we saw with Stadia. Yep. And Briefly, even... Stadia. Hey, where, where's Stadia been at, Joe? How, how are they doing? I haven't heard jack shit about Stadia. <laughs> um, I've, I've had a chance, as I mentioned on a previous episode, to try out the xCloud beta uh, on the iOS platform. And... So far, um, I can't really give much an opinion on it because it just flat out really doesn't work for me. There's only one game that's available, uh, Halo Master Chief Collection, and it still doesn't work, Mike. So I can't really voice an opinion on it. I think it's too early. I think yeah. it's something that they want to get people's heads around now because it's going to be yeah. a thing probably mid-generation. Yeah. And I think that's the reason, maybe one of the big reasons why these, these consoles are going to be so beefy from the outset is to get people ready for, for what to expect. So yeah, let's do everything natively really yeah. powerful from the outset. And then in a few years, once we're ready to start segueing the public into full on cloud gaming, I think it'll be a much more easy transition, but I think it's still too early, but they're getting their ducks in a row because, you know, Google, I don't think is going to go away. They, they've, they, yeah, Stadia isn't doing really great right now, but they got a lot of money to throw out this to keep it going. Amazon, we know is going to start throwing their uh, yeah. hat into the arena as well. Apple's sort of tip, dipping their toes with Apple Arcade. We don't. We'll have to see what, what yeah. goes with that. So it, it makes sense for for Sony and Microsoft and even Nintendo to have this united front to protect their market share of the industry that they've helped build over the last few decades. For uh, I can't speak for Stadia or what, whatever PlayStation is going to do for the Axe Cloud service, but I think that they need to do to really make it that home run is the, a they need to make sure that. Any game that you have purchased will, will be will be playable, and that that'll be the number one thing. And I think for it to to get the mass adoption for it is that they have to tie it into Xbox Live Gold or Game Pass, and that would be something additional. Even if they want to charge just a little bit more, if it's something a completely different service that we all have to pay for, I don't see everybody latching onto it. Just just lump it, just include it into into Gold or, or Game Pass, and that's the ticket to success with it. 
Yeah, just make it very simple, right? Yep. So wait, so how does okay, so how does Game Pass work now? You just you pay a fee and they just keep adding titles to it, and that's it. You don't have to actually purchase individual titles, right? It's like it's like Netflix. They they have kind of a, a library and things kind of come and go. Like uh, things stay in. The, the, there's oh, like the, the staple so they stuff. Stay there forever. They don't stay there forever. So like there, there's the staple uh, ones that have been there since the beginning. They may come and they you know they may go and they come back but uh the, i won't say that they're on a rotation that there's some new ones that that come in to replace old ones like it, it's like a netflix type thing they things come and go so you and have that's a, the one thing i love about playstation plus is yeah. the fact that when you whether you decide to when you don't like this what two games a month and you add them to your library whether you actually keep those on your hard drive well, or not once you click agree yeah. they're in your playstation plus library forever that's still the always go back to i think that's amazing that's still the same with with gold and that aspect of of game pass is uh those four free games they gave everyone the the two xbox one games and the two 360 games or sometimes the original xbox games we'd be getting some of those as well you get to keep those it's the the subscription games that can kind of come and come and go Right, yeah. right, right, right. That's so a little maybe, confusing because they kind of lump them together. So, so I guess if they were to combine the two, so okay, so fine. Maybe you still get your games with gold. That's what Game Pass is. That's what. But with Game Pass, yeah. Maybe you have the option to say download some of the stuff that's in cycles, so that it, yeah. when it does go out of the queue, at least if you want to keep that game, it's still downloaded natively on your drive. I don't know. That's what the Game Pass Ultimate is. It, it's the the ultimate is the combination of Game Pass uh, and Gold. Okay, there we go. So you can Perfect. get you can get the two. Uh, actually, I don't think you can get just regular Game Pass anymore. Either you get Ultimate or you get just Xbox Live Gold. With the Gold, you just get the the four games and the access to the online service. And then the Ultimate is. Gold online service and then the streaming service uh, of the, the available games there, which it's it's like a hundred, hundred ten plus games every month. And I and I would imagine Sony's going to do something similar with PS Now, which I, yeah, I, I would imagine. I had a chance to actually try again. I, I originally tried it the first time when it came out, and obviously it was really early and yeah. there was a lot of lag. But then I tried it again a few weeks back and, and wow, it's 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 vastly improved. So I can see there's definitely a lot of potential with the service. I'm just. I'm more interested to see how Sony's going to answer this backwards compatibility question because yep. Microsoft just confirmed the the Series X is going to play all previous generations of games, and I think that man adding just extra value to that price tag, that especially as a collector, to be able to still go back and buy <laughs> physical media for the previous generations and run them up res on your new system, yep. that's fantastic. Whereas on the PlayStation side according to the rumor mill and some of the leaked stuff that's coming out ps4 we already know is going to be backwards compatible we don't know whether it's going to be up res or not we know the loading times will be cut down significantly they already mm-hmm. uh demoed that with spider-man from insomniac right but the key is is it gonna are you going to be allowed to play ps3 2 and 1 physical media or is yeah. it just going to be oh and by the way we're going to let you download these games again for a cost or or access them via playstation now and that's what we call backwards quote-unquote backwards compatibility so personally i know that's not for everybody for me that's gonna be a huge selling point if, if they can nail that backwards compatibility for sure man okay well going from that to something i mean that's on the mind of everybody and just briefly mm-hmm. just kind of before just outside of gaming uh, with this coronavirus thing which is what we're talking about here um i mean we're, we're just seeing this being impacted everywhere i mean even in my day job well night jobs i work at night shift we, we're seeing the impact on this uh, i mean our, our store is currently sold out 
of those white uh, masks. And, and just a little kind of disclaimer with that, those are really intended for blocking dust and stuff coming in. It's going to do fuck all for blocking diseases coming in just to, not to burst everybody's bubble, but those dust masks don't do anything for that I'm stuff. I'm glad so you mentioned that. You're, you're wasting your money. Because also enters via the eye capillary, so people just need to understand that too. Yeah, that so, if you're not covering your eyes as well, yeah, you're still yeah. keeping yourself. So, anyway, go ahead. If you, if you want to buy that, uh, fine. Just set it aside and... Next time you plan on fixing your drywall or something, go ahead and use that dust mask. It'll be good for that. But for blocking incoming diseases, it's going to do fuck all for you, folks. Sorry to burst your bubble. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're feeling this all over the place. And even in these stores, like, like, like I said, where I work at, we're bringing in a ton of inventory now. I, I think kind of in the anticipation of um, stuff stop not coming in for a while. So uh, they want to kind of be stocked up just in case. But um, going back over to the the technology industry i mean this is where we're really really feeling the impact uh, especially you know we're coming up on new apple product season we're coming up on new game consoles near the end of the year um at the very very least here we're going to probably see some delayed releases with this stuff and uh conferences maybe not even happening like this uh apple uh, event that's happening in march which i'm assuming they'll be talking about new ios and new ios products um they may still talk about them, but um, it's going to be a different approach to where you know they might leave the uh, release date open ended because maybe they don't really know where there's a shortage on uh, um, availability for screens and whatnot. So, yeah, um, this is a big deal, man. Big deal. Yeah. So here's the latest. So the Verge is reporting on February 27th. Tim Cook says that Apple's reopening factories as China gets quote unquote the coronavirus under control. Yeah. That sounds great. At this point, Joe, I told you right before, I, I wanted to talk a lot about coronavirus, and the story just keeps changing every single it day. It's hard to know who to trust. We already know that the Chinese Communist government has been covering up the number of dead. We know it's way more than that. Yep. We know there's way more infected in the U.S. than the reporting. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of damage control that the, the mainstream media is trying to do. So I, I hope that that's the case, that, that the factories are starting to reopen and that it'll, it'll be business as usual. But th this is a, this is a pretty, pretty big deal. There's a lot, there's a lot of people that, like they were, we're talking like a ghost town in, in the province yeah. of Wuhan, where this, which was uh ground zero for, for this virus epidemic. Will, will these next gen consoles even release this holiday season? We'll see, man. I think, you know, not just with Apple, but, you know, with Microsoft and with Sony and with a lot of other technology companies, what we're going to start seeing out of this is this reliance on China specifically uh, to for the factories to actually make the hardware. I think we're going to have to start seeing a shift here and start bringing the stuff more domestically so that, you know, we can be have a little bit more direct control over this. We, we've already seen this a little bit uh, on the Apple side. The, the Mac Pros and some of the, their higher-end devices are made over in the U.S. But this reliance on China now, it, it's kind of coming back to bite them in the ass for a lot of these companies here. And they're, they're going to have to make an adjustment there. And then that's going to hurt the Chinese market. So it's going to have a, an effect all over the place. And it's going to be interesting to see how um, that whole business changes because I think it's going to. This is a big wake-up call for everybody yeah. right now. And... and you know, take everything. Like I'm not, I'm a humanist, so and sometimes I'm a little terse with the things I say. So take take it as it is. But you know, think about it, Joe. We've been relying on cheap slave labor for yeah, all of our electronics, because, and that's what keeps the price down, right? Yep. So, you know, think about this. Like, it, it, from a from a metaphysical level, you know, with all the bullshit that happens in China, all the human rights abuses, all. 
oh. all of the all. I I don't want to I want to get too much into it, but you, you start to wonder if this is just something that like that had to happen to 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 have a big reset and to to get people thinking about how how we how we deal with the tech world in terms of production, in terms of profit, in terms of greed. Here's the thing, man, like they're going to have to shift production and this could end up being a really great thing domestically. We got to look at this optimistically yeah. too, right? Especially with the whole Trump and make America great again. Yeah. They've already started shifting manufacturing back to the United States slowly. Apple's been reopening factories back in the US. If they can yeah. start bringing more of this manufacturing back, that's just going to be an even bigger boon for the economy. But overall, man, the markets are getting killed right now because so much of it is based on tech and being overvalued and i'll be honest joe what was that a week or two ago when they were talking about how elon musk became the world's richest man and mm -hmm. how how tesla shares were just skyrocketing based off of all the all, all of the um the the cars that are coming out in the suvs Man, I started getting jitters at that point. I'm like, come on, man. This is so early. A lot of this stuff is just speculative right now. Yeah. And the market is reacting to all of this. It, it, this is overinflated. This just sounds like it's it's doomed to burst. And now we're starting to see it. People, think about it, man. Elon Musk, he may be the quote unquote one of the world's richest men, but most of his net worth is tied up in stock options. That's a scary place to be I, for, for me personally. So, and, and we're starting to see it now. What the the market just lost trillions in value over the last week. We're we're talking about some of the deepest plunges in the Dow's historically, and, and even at my work, I work in a, in the financial industry. People are starting to get a little skittish, and so are the so are our clients right now. And I've got we got some scared people coming in wanting to pull out. Which I'll say right now, if you are in into investing. This is the worst thing you can do right now is yeah. to actually react emotionally to these situations. If you got into mm -hmm. stocks or mutual funds, the whole point was that you were supposed to go in for the long term. Mm -hmm. And this is considered a correction. So if you're going to sell now when the market's tanking and then when that comes back, hopefully next year at maybe a 23% rise, you're going to miss out on all those earnings and you've lost all that money. Whereas the seasoned investors who know how to wait it out are really hopefully going to cash out if this if this rebound. So just just so much to wrap our heads around right now, but regardless it's it's all this this the, the tech that over yeah. overheated the market and I warned about this. Buy low sell and high, right? With the stocks, right? That's it. So yeah, this would be the best time to go in and start buying. Yeah. Apple stock especially with it losing some value. This would be the perfect time to go in and buy right now. Yeah, cuz they'll rebound. They will. They're going to have to. You yeah. know, that's the thing. They're they're Again, we have to. We're taking all the information about coronavirus with a grain of salt. What its origins were, how to deal with it, yeah. how many people are infected. At the end of the day, what can we say? Keep yourself healthy. You know, the likelihood of you getting hit by a car across the street is way higher, right? So would, are we gonna seriously so. stop living our lives because no. potentially might get infected by a coronavirus that only kills what fourteen percent of people, maybe less? Yeah, it, it, it's you know not to underplay what's going on because I mean obviously no, they, this not. is a problem, but we don't need to start isolating ourselves and start living in a bubble to where you know like a stiff breeze is going to knock us over. You know we still got to go about our, our everyday lives here. I mean it, it's not like we have like a like a zombie plague on our on our doorstep here, folks. I mean. Uh, that this is potentially bad, but you know we need to kind of keep things going. Otherwise, what could happen if, if too many people start thinking this way? It's going to have a compounding problem. You know, if people stop showing up to work, um, it's going to have a little trickle down and a trickle up effect as well, right? So we still need to go about our lives and still keep doing our jobs. Otherwise, we're going to be, for lack of a better term, we're going to be kind of fucking ourselves. 
<laughs> kind of like what we were saying before, though. Like, you know, how you can look at this from the bad angle or from the good angle, how this was maybe what we the wake-up call we needed mm. for the tech industry to start, you know, again, no, with human rights, treating workers fairly. Here's the thing, right? If they start shifting production away from China, I, I think you're also going to start to see a major rise in prices for all these devices mm. we start to use because they're not going to be able to rely on that cheap Chinese labor anymore. Like, for example, Trump was recently in India, played to a big 100000 person plus conference with uh was it prime minister president modi over there they have a big relationship a lot of uh people on the inside are starting to say that this may have been trump going to india to start setting up the production shift right but that doesn't mean that they're going to be relying on slave labor like people in india are going to expect a living wage so when you factor that in investors aren't going to be too happy and also i think you're going to see prices start to go up i think it's naturally that's what's going to happen so you know, circling back to what we were saying about next gen, to expect that PS5 and Xbox are going to be maybe the five, six hundred dollar range is is not too loony at all. And I think you just have to expect that that's the way things are now. And I, I think you, you had mentioned earlier with inflation and just the way that things are, I think people are going to be willing uh, to pay a little bit more for something because we're still kind of under the price range for a lot of these high end gaming PCs. Yeah. Right. And like I said, people will line up and pay $1,000 for an iPhone. Granted, you use an iPhone for everything and you have it on you at all times. You don't necessarily use a console for everything. But I'd still say even at six or $700 in today's day and age, it's, it's not asking a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially if Xbox is coming out with a another version that's slightly cheaper and less powerful that can maybe appeal to somebody who's willing, wanting to spend more like the $400 range. That could still happen. And, and even then... Xbox One Series X for at least the first two years is going to play everything, so yeah. you could still buy an Xbox One Series X and still play Halo Infinite and Hellblade 2 and all this stuff. So, yeah. All right, guys, before we take a bit of a break here, let's do our tech tip of the week here. And this one kind of revolves around just, I guess, probably the best way to word it would be common sense and security and privacy, a combination of those three things, Mike. I don't know about you, but over the last, I'd say, a good couple of years or so, I pay the majority of my bills online, whether it be on my mobile device or whether it be on my home computer. Uh, is this something that you do as well, or are you old school and still pay your bills uh, at the bank? Hell no, I'm not lining up for that stuff. <laughs> I go I go online, and I, in fact, uh, it's part of my... Uh, it's, it's, it's a collecting hack that I have, I'll explain. So yep. what I do is I have a cashback Visa credit card, yep. which gives you a certain percentage of cashback, 3% to be to be exact, on Ooh. when you buy groceries, gas, and bills. Like the Apple so card. So when you nice. pay your bills in your credit card, you get a hefty amount of cashback, and what I do is I just keep building that up, and when I have enough sort up, I'll go and buy a really overpriced retro game huh. for a massive discount. Nice. So that's a great collecting tip for you guys out there if you're if you're uh, having a bit of uh, price shyness on, on eBay. It's a great way to not feel so guilty about that, that over over ambitious retro game costs. But anyway, hmm. yes, I paid my bills online, um, usually over my cell phone. Cool. We, we had mentioned there's very similar to uh, the Apple card that they kind of came out, uh, where it's essentially, it's almost like a, a credit card. And for every amount of money that you spend, uh, you, you get some cash back to, to then use on whatever you want. For myself, when I pay my bills, I do them online as well. Uh, whether I'm at work and I have my iPhone on me or whether I have my iPad on me, which I don't do as much anymore because uh, some people at work are dicks and like to steal things. I don't want them to steal my iPad, but uh, on a little side tangent, but uh, uh, usually at home on my computer, I like to pay my bills. 
I think that that is a, is a good way to go about it. If you're out and about kind of doing this, I will just say try and keep it to your actual phone provider network. Going and doing this, going and really doing anything on a public Wi-Fi spot that has any kind of sensitivity to it as at all, I don't recommend it because these little public networks like coffee shops and stores and stuff like that can be very easily accessed by the wrong people. Absolutely. So I, I don't recommend doing them under that scenario. That actually happened to me once a long time ago <laughs> in Hawaii. I was sitting in a coffee shop using my laptop on Wi-Fi and somebody hacked into my network and I the last thing I saw before my computer shut down was a little pixelated troll waving bye-bye. And then that was yeah. it. That was my laptop. So, uh, yeah. yeah, go on data, especially when you're sharing financial details, yeah. especially in this day and age. Again, working the finance industry. Oh, boy, man. I know you were talking about CRA scams that one week, man. Yeah. It's just above and beyond now, man. It's 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 every outlet. It's There's vishing, which is voicemail. I'm sorry, yeah. not voicemail, but uh, telephone scams. You're hearing about all these major uh, people in the news right now that are getting massive scams. It's it's yeah. everywhere. So do the best you can to protect yourself and try to yeah, stay off hot spots when you're doing your finances, for sure. For sure. Yeah, just a great tip in general. You had mentioned that CRA scam. I think that there were actually some arrests uh, done uh, near the Toronto area. Some people that were involved in that, and they traced it back to India. But, I mean... That, that, that's all fine and dandy. They might get everybody involved with that, but they'll come up with something new and just alter it and just change locations and they'll they'll find something new to do. Just uh, stay vigilant. And if, I think a good rule of thumb is if it seems or it sounds sketchy at all, and especially if you get that, and I know this will sound bad, if you get that kind of aggressive sounding Middle Eastern person on the phone uh, making demands, it's likely bullshit. Yeah, you don't settle tax arrears in the iTunes cards. Last yeah. Time I checked. Like, and the other it, thing, guys, okay, so and from a finance industry perspective, okay, so a new, another new one is that they'll call you pretending to be your credit card company saying, oh, there's been some fraudulent transactions in your credit card. You need to enter your information so we can verify your identity. We are bound by, well, especially here in Canada, it's actually way more strict here in Canada than it is in the U.S., but by privacy regulations and such to the point where we – if we're going to leave a voicemail or, or call a customer, we can't ask for your personal information. We have to mm -hmm. get you into the, a branch or to call us and yep. to verify yourselves and we can start getting details from you. If you're ever going to get an email or a phone call from a quote unquote major source asking for your personal information, bang, that's a scam. hundred percent. Government yep. can't do that. Banks can't do that. Just don't answer it. Uh, well, sometimes I like to mess with them. You know, I'll, I'll be actually, <laughs> I, I don't like to like respond. I never get a response back, but you yeah. know, you, you try anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've had them uh, where I said, it's, uh, you're really called, they really call me in any given time. They're like, well, sir, but then what would be a good time to call you? Uh, well, there really isn't given that you're a scam. And I said, you know, what would you like to, what's a really inconvenient time for, for you to, to be called? And you're like, well, I guess it'd be like if I was in the bathroom or something. Okay. Well, when you're next time you're in the bathroom, I'm going to call you. And how would you think you would like it? Oh, well, I wouldn't. Okay. Well then fuck you. And I hang up. You know, so, so I think just, the next time this happens to you, just record it and let's, let's play right. it episode. Dude, that CRA can thing. Can you see how long you can keep them going? Yeah. It, it, it's tough. Cause I think some of them are again, kind of getting hip to my drive, but, uh, when seriously that, uh, C CRA thing literally dude, in the, in the span of just under two days, 200 phone calls 
200. They, they were going after me hard. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's, like I they, said before, do I look? They're targeting you, I think. <laughs> it's like, and you can't tell through audio, but I've, I've used this line before. It's like, do I look like a fucking French Canadian terrorist to you? You know, it's just like, come on, leave me alone. I'm just an average guy doing a podcast. And I like to kind of talk about some wrestling too, you know, but it's just, yeah. it's a, uh, man, these guys, they're aggressive. And um, I was even uh, more on this too. Actually, when I was at my local Walmart, they were doing their associate uh, local uh, morning meeting circle jerk, whatever you want to call it. And they were talking about uh, the scenario where uh, they had actually kept this woman on the phone. Uh, she supposedly had like $50,000 worth of income tax that she had to pay. And they had her coming in and getting like individual cards and they had her going back and yep. forth and back and forth until somebody that worked at the store actually kind of picked up on what was going on. And they got on the phone with the person and uh, basically called them out on their bullshit and um, was able to, you know, to save this woman uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, just yeah, the, these guys are aggressive. Day, but, you're not protected. If you yeah. give into that scam, you're done. That's it. You, owe you have that no money recourse. Back to the bank. Like, you're so, not going to protect you because you're a willing yeah. participant in your own scam. So yeah. it's not like your credit card got hacked. Like, it's different if your credit card gets hacked, like what happened with me a few weeks back when I went onto my online banking notice. Oh, hey, I just bought a $4,500 uh, <laughs> iMac. Great. Yeah. When's that coming in? Right. Yeah. So, and luckily I caught it right away because I called them right away. They reversed the money. That wasn't my fault. That's considered okay. But if I had actually participated in one of these scams, given all my personal information away, yeah. then I'm liable, unfortunately. That's and that's good. when, when it gets a little tricky. Yeah. These guys are just, they're, they're aggressive. They have no soul. And, um, you know, they'll do whatever they can to get the, the money out of you because they figure, you know, they're thousands, thousands of miles away. They can do whatever the hell they want and not have any repercussions. Well, the hammer is coming down. I'm on a little bit now, given the CRA uh, crap. But like I said, you know, they're going to close up shop and reopen and have some new thing that they're going to go and just, uh, like I said, just just keep on your toes and um, just keep your bullshit uh, alert level high and just know what to look for uh, when it comes to this stuff. It, it, the, the scams are relatively easy to spot and uh, just uh, be vigilant. I guess, like you had said, Mike, if they start asking for too much personal information, that's not good. Well, the other half of it, stop providing all the damn personal information in the be to begin no. with. Like, be honest, like... Like, I don't want to, it's not too much off to, I would say this relates, but a lot of people are, for example, if they want to fraud you, they're scanning your social media, right? Mm -hmm. So we always say that when you're generating passwords to, to log into your online bank or whatever, don't use personal information. Don't no. use the name of your dog. Don't use your birthday no. because people can easily find that stuff. You don't leave yourself exposed. Try to create something that is easy for you to remember but hard for someone to, for you to guess. And actually, um, we were just talking about this before we recorded. You reminded me about this cool app that I'd heard about on uh, Twit with uh, Leo Laporte, yes. and I think I may actually end up getting this. It's called FastPass. Tell us a bit more about that, how that can help protect you, Joe. Yeah, basically, it, it um, for every kind of moment where you need a, a password, whether it's your, your banking app, whether it's your Google account, what's your iTunes account, it, it stores all of your passwords. First of all, it, it creates a random nonsensical encrypted password and just and stores it. And then, so whenever you need to log into things, it just, it, it, it does it automatically for you and it stores all the stuff. And I, I believe too that uh, that it, it, it changes as well. So it doesn't always just stay the same. It's just a very secure password way of going about things. It, it's, it's very cool. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, because honestly, you re- like I don't. I'm one of the worst people with my passwords. I usually have about two or three passwords I shuffle around, and you shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's because I can't remember all these passwords. And then that, I, I like the fact that for a small monthly fee, I think it's a monthly fee you pay for this thing. Yeah. It, it's taking all that work away from you and really making stuff that's hard to guess. So I, I think it's definitely worth the price of admission. But I don't know exactly how much it's. Uh, yeah. Fast pass. Was it called Fast Pass? Fast Pass, yeah. Uh, one other quick thing too, while you're looking that up, uh, um, before we take a break and everything, I, I just a quick uh, Google search on this. I, I had a feeling this was kind of the case, but uh, dealing with passwords, and according to CNN here, Mike, um, the ten most uh, well, it says two, four, so at least there's eight of them here listed of uh, the most commonly used passwords out there. You, uh, let's go through this: one, two, three, four, five. Of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> zero, zero, zero. <laughs> Password Your one. Birthday. Password one. All lowercase letters. Number one. Uh, one two three four five six seven. Another one. Uh, A B C one two three. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. Password and of <laughs> QWERTY, um, which of course is uh, you know the on on a keyboard is the uh, on the top left is the first uh, five letters on the keyboard. Yeah. Um, Pretty mind blowing okay. that people are this fucking stupid, Mike. Yeah, um, <laughs> one, of, one of my favorites that I used to use was "fuck you, pay me." That was a good one. <laughs> That's a good Wi-Fi for, for, network for, name. For securing my Wi-Fi. That's exactly. a good Wi-Fi. I, I kept getting my Wi-Fi compromised. So I said, "fuck you, pay me." That was that was mine. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's called Fast Pass, Joe. I may have had a blonde moment there. Last Pass. Um, it's called Last Pass. Last Pass. Last there Pass. Yes. So because yeah. now it's just bothering me. I need to know if we're going to recommend Ooh. something what this actually costs. So mm-hmm. I'm bringing up the website right now. This is lastpass.com. Yeah. And of course I have all tracking turned off. So I've got to refresh my They're a Canadian here. company too, by the way. What's that? Sorry. They're a Canadian company too, by the way. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, Canucks doing yes. it right. Um, so let's see here. Can- it's either Canada or France always does this stuff, right? right? <clears throat> okay. So tell me, Oh, pricing. Here we go. So let's see how much it costs. It is. Oh, okay. Here we go. So, all right, you can get it free for one user. Wow, not nice. bad. That's pretty cool. Okay, so free is always entry good. level. Yeah. Uh, but then there's a premium for Canadian, four dollars a month. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. No. Secure your online backup plan and enjoy flexible sharing. And then for six users for a family plan, it's five thirty-five. So yeah, a drop in the bucket. Yeah. That's like a, a couple cups of coffee and yep. and, and just protecting your online identity. Another thing, Joe, is is make sure you sign out. Yes. of any application you're out before you close that window down. Because, you know, even when you close that window down, sometimes it can still stay open for a little bit. And especially if you're in a public place, you never know yeah. who might be scouring that network and trying to troll you, right? Yeah, on those public networks, keep it to maybe, you know, like downloading movies and TVs. If you if you, sorry, if you if you live at home where you have a limited bandwidth connection, which I don't think even exists anymore. But just to, just keep it to simple stuff and don't do anything uh, sensitive on those public uh Wi-Fi places. It's just, it's not worth the risk. Just be flat on us. Absolutely. All right, man. We're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back and we're going to wrap things up for this week. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Microplay, located right here in Brant Frontier, Canada, located at 265 King Georgia Road. Visit Chris and the gang for all of your video game needs. All right, guys, Big Joe and Mike back here on HTM Tech. So, man, it, it was good to, to have you back on, at least for the one episode for now. I know that uh, you're still pretty busy, but uh, you'll be hopefully back on, on a regular basis coming soon, and we can uh, really start talking like this next-gen console once we know more, and uh, all the, we're going to start seeing a lot of stuff coming up in the upcoming months. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. And like I said, if, if a 
let's say some PS5 news finally drops in the next few weeks before my exam happens, yeah. I'm sure I could maybe slide in for a special segment and, cool. and, and talk about all that stuff. So fingers crossed. Hopefully we'll have something soon because I'm getting tired of waiting. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, before we do go, we do have one more thing that we want to talk about here. And uh, I don't think that we made reference to this uh, on, on the show at all yet. And I guess it's, you can make a little bit of a stretch here that this is technology related. Um, Going back, I don't know how long this guy was talking about doing this. I think it was for for a decent amount of time. Uh, Mr. Mad Mike Hughes, um, basically a homemade astronaut, was going to launch himself into space to prove that the Earth was flat. Did you did you hear anything about this uh, leading up to this? Or is this your first time hearing about this? First time hearing about this. <laughs> I, I know a lot about the flat earthers, yeah. but I caught, I caught yeah. this article caught my briefly yeah. went about. A week ago or so, and uh, you yeah. get us started on this show. Uh, just briefly uh, on the uh, the flatter thing, it, it, it's funny because it's it's one of these things where I can really spot bullshit a mile away, uh, actually several hundred miles away. Uh, with this, because they keep changing uh, the parameters and their their beliefs on this thing, it, it's actually to the point now where they they don't believe the Earth is necessarily completely flat. They say it's more of like a donut shape. Um, so. <sighs> So kind of like climate change. When when yeah. one when one theory fails, let's just yeah. change the name yeah. and it's global cooling, global warming. Same global thing cooling. with flat Earth. Oh, that first yeah. theory didn't work out, so let's just modify it and of course keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Of course. So, oh, gee, oh, yeah. it's like Copernicus never happened. Oh yeah. my God, it's like we're going back into the intellectual <laughs> dark ages now. Here we go. So on February twenty second, uh, Mr. Mad Mike Hughes decided to finally pull the trigger on uh, on this attempt um, and. Well, it didn't turn out so good, Mike. To do what? To launch himself 5,000 feet into the air with yeah. a homemade rocket. To try and prove the Earth to was flat. To prove that the Earth was flat. Um, it, he made it uh, a few hundred feet. Of, hundred, I think he made it a few hundred feet into the air, and then his vessel came plummeting back down to Earth, and unfortunately he did die. So um, kind of a sad story, obviously. We don't want to see people dying doing uh, stupid shit. But at the same time, stupid shit, Mike. Stupid is as stupid does, Joe. That's, that's it. It's, um, he, he killed himself for science, and I'm killing myself trying to understand how the fuck people are try are convinced that the Earth might be flat. It's just, I, and I've seen the debates. And, and I'll be yeah. honest, like if, if I weren't if I weren't discerning, and you know, I, I'd buy into some of this stuff. But you know, you. you I, I, what's their whole argument that you can't go beyond Antarctica? That there's literally like an invisible wall that ships get turned around. The ice wall. Like that? They refer to it as the ice wall. <laughs> um, and Antarctica basically is surrounding the whole outside uh, of this flat disc that has kind of like a cone shape underneath it. Uh, is uh, kind of one of the original theories. Uh, like I said recently, you know, they they uh, they have adjusted. They, they now they think that maybe it's like a donut shape. Um, I mean, just it's. One of their more convincing, or what they claim to be convincing arguments, uh, I know this is venturing off into a flat earth discussion here, but one of their more convincing uh, arguments, according to them, is when it comes to flying aircraft, and they've talked to pilots, and when they fly from point A to point B, you know, they're maintaining, for the most part of the journey, a, a certain altitude for the, for the majority of the distance. And the flat earther claim is that, well, if the earth is round, as you're traveling, you know, to maintain that altitude, if there's a curvature, you would have to constantly keep dipping the nose of the aircraft down to maintain a certain altitude but they, and again you know this brings into the whole part of the argument too is a lot of flat earth people don't think that gravity even exists so um you oh, know good 
But then that's that's the thing that that's resulting in this effect is like gravity is constantly pushing you down, uh, and not not just humans, uh, inanimate objects, airplanes in this case, and you know that's what kind of creates that effect there. So it's it's a little narrow sighted in in their viewpoint. I, I get the idea of it, but uh, it's it's no matter which way you slice it, it's absurd. Yeah, that's the thing. Going back to Copernicus, what this was, this happened hundreds of years ago, where yeah. where people used to believe the Earth was flat yeah. until Copernicus came along and proved how it's like they actually used to think <clears throat> that what was it that the um, the sun revolved around the Earth, mm-hmm. and then Copernicus came about and and proved them wrong and proved that the opposite was very yeah. true and showed all of his calculations and science behind it. Now we're going through this whole reversion. So, I think interestingly, now here is the thing: I've never been into Antarctica. I'm not a pilot. Maybe they're right. Who knows? Like I'm saying, I'm willing to be wrong. I don't want to be air getting smug here. And then, you know, it comes out later that this whole, we've all been living this lie. But um, as you know, I, I like to watch Infowars. And I remember yeah. Alex Jones had one of these major theorists on and had a big debate with them and said, I'm going to, I'm going to take a boat out to Antarctica <laughs> and I'm going to crash through that ice wall. I'm like, yeah. I would pay money to see that. Please do it. Just get yes. on a Viking ship. <laughs> take your, take your shirt off and go, ah, yeah. the earth is round. I want to, I want to see that happen so yeah. bad. So uh, rest in peace to, to Mr. Uh, Mad Mike Hughes uh, yes. uh, to to to, to uh, sacrifice his his body in the name of science, but unfortunately, no no new developments there. What's interesting uh, with this whole thing is that um, this isn't just uh, limited to the Joe Schmo. There there are a lot of uh, celebrities, famous people that have subscribed to the flat Earth theory. Uh, just looking briefly at oh, uh, yeah. uh, Kyrie oh, yeah. Irving from uh, the NBA, who plays for uh, for the Cleveland really? Cavaliers. Uh, he is a uh, believer in the flat Earth theory. Mr. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Draymond Green, um, going to the professional wrestling side. Mr. AJ Styles really? believes that Mr. the Eddie Bravo Earth is Jiu-Jitsu fucking flat. <laughs> like, my God. Uh, people who are arguably intelligent people believing in this i mean just it, it, it's the idea of it is just it's it's crazy man so uh, do, you, do you blame people in this age of misinformation and fake me like uh of he said she mm. said fake news non-fake news that that's ultimately what's happening now where yeah. i think we've gotten to the point now where people don't trust anything it's kind of yep. like what i was saying with coronavirus no, i was prepared to talk about a bunch of things this week and all of a sudden i'm like i don't even know if i want to talk about any of this because i don't yeah. know who to trust anymore yeah. at first you're hearing that it might have been bioengineered mm. now you're hearing that it might not be yeah. and what what so for 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 even for people like shaquille o'neal or or aj styles or eddie bravo to actually believe in this theory are they trolling us <laughs> just for for the lols or do they actually believe this? And if they do, I don't know if I blame them anymore because we don't know what to believe. Yeah, it's tough, man. You made a great point there. I think that people are just so they just they don't trust you know, the 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 higher power, so to speak, and they just have to kind of create their own reality, I guess, to try and make themselves feel better. I don't know. I guess we all are just in a matrix at the end of the day, and this all is just a simulation, right? The Truman Show, eh? That's it. Oh man, it just said. Oh, and it's speaking of which, did you hear that Matrix Four is filming now? Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I just actually the other day I just watched. Um, I have the the 4K version of the original Matrix movie. Fantastic. What? Go and check no. it out. And if there was never another Matrix movie again, I would have been so happy because that rest that ter- that trilogy was utterly terrible. But yeah. that first movie fantastic. is one for the ages. It, it was it was definitely fantastic. So prophetic. Yes, absolutely for sure. 
All right, man. Well, we're going to end off this week like we uh, like we usually do. Uh, again, before you do go, though, uh, thanks again for, for coming on and uh, talking about this. Uh, this is definitely a topic that's been brewing for a little while, so it was nice to sit down and, uh, and talk about it. And hopefully when we hear more about the PS5 that you mentioned, we can uh, sit down again and, and talk about it because I'm, I'm really so curious to see uh, what they have, and then hopefully it'll be a good, strong competitor to the Xbox, and hopefully it's not a one-sided console generation because I want to see a good, strong competition because at the end of the day, it's a win for the companies, and it's a win for us as gamers. Gamers, and it's a win for stores who sell these products as well. So it's it's a win win win. PS5 is gonna go cartridge based. Oh fuck! <laughs> that would, my my head would explode. With a Wii U gamepad. Yeah. I'd be going. Uh, my head would explode. Jim Cornette styles. I always like to kind of say. <laughs> All right, man. We're getting off with some music here, like we always do. And uh, this is uh, an interesting one. Uh, throughout the span of my week, I don't know, my my uh, my day job, it's it tends to get kind of boring. So I, I listen to a lot of music to kind of make the time pass. And uh, I'll kind of pick some ran- put some random playlists together. And this one kind of popped up uh, through per Apple Music suggestion. So I'm going to actually uh, give Apple props for this one. Uh, I kind of discovered this one. I've listened to a lot of this guy's music, and uh, this is, it was actually the first time uh, hearing it. This is a great tune coming from Marilyn Manson, believe it or not. And the, Emperor, the, um, the album is called The Pale Emperor, and this song is called Third Day on a Seven-Day Binge. This is an awesome tune, Mike. You guys are going to enjoy this. So sit back and relax, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace, guys, and keep your immune systems healthy. Get that vitamin C. Greater from my 